Hey, Christina, thanks so much for joining me on the call. You're welcome. I'm happy to be here. How many hours of creative work do you think you do in a day? Yeah, this is a good question because I define creative work in a couple of ways. So there's the creative work that I might do that I, where I'm actually under a deadline to produce something, perform something, which by the way, I call deadlines my lifelines because I work very well when I have a due by date. And so if I'm, if I'm working in that capacity, say for a show, I'll probably spend at least a couple hours writing and rehearsing. And then of course, moving into just the real memorization and the body stuff around that and getting into the body. But then there's the, the other part of creative work, which I think is sort of outside what <laughs> we might think of as creative work, uh, but like nature and just being in stillness, which really fuels spirit and soul and can help you hear more of what you actually want to create or say. So there's like nature, I need nature, I need movement, I need yoga. That's all part of my creative work. There's so much that goes into getting it ready and, and getting it done. It's not so much the 20 minutes of intense writing or to even two hours of intense work. It's all the stuff around it, really. It makes such a difference. Yes. So since we're talking about process, how did you begin the process of creating Dirty Me Divine? And how did you know you had to create that? Yeah, that was interesting. So Dirty Me Divine is my one-person show, and it, it actually started out as a book because I had heard from so many people in the industry, <laughs> you should write a book. You should get a book out. A book is the way to go. A book is the way to get your message across. But my background is performance, and I love the stage. And as I was writing the book, I just kept seeing myself saying those words on a stage. And so the more I wrote, the more I thought, well, why don't I just actually write a story for the stage? And I just knew when I, when I let myself say those words, why don't I write a story for the stage? My body just was terrified for one, but thrilled. I talk a lot about fear being sort of that thrill roller coaster ride feeling and that thrilling feeling just was all in my body. And I was like, okay, <laughs> I have to do this. I have to do this. My soul just spoke to me and I knew. 11 different characters in the show. How does that work? You can create a character by a movement. You can create a character by having, you know, a hand on the hip the whole time this person is talking or uh, the way a person kind of moves their eyes around, right? So there's different ways to create characters. For me, it was just really important because I had all these voices that were so alive inside of me and I wanted to get them out and I wanted the audience to be able to feel my life story, which encompassed these really important characters. So I, I put them on the stage. It really looks like the kind of thing that was challenging to create but it looks like the kind of thing that's not a walk in the park to do as a performance. It looks like it requires a lot of you. Yeah, which I love. Hmm. I like to say to myself, if I am all used up by a stage performance, if I come off that stage and I've been sweating, I've been crying, I've been laughing, I've been feeling, and I just feel really used up by life in that performance, that to me is very, very satisfying. And the reason I wanted to do a one-person show was because I knew that that's where I could put all myself, all of myself into a story. 
Now, some of that you're putting into RED, R-E-D, which is your performance workshop for women. You're encouraging this kind of cross-disciplinary, it can be body, it can be voice, it can be song, it can be spoken word. So you're bringing your own experience in teaching that in what you do. But what are the rewards? What do you see when that's happening that feels really good? There's something magical that happens for me in a circle full of women where obviously creating that kind of container, that kind of space where I do ask the women to be radically vulnerable. And sort of the key thread in all of this is storytelling. They're telling their stories, whether it be through song or through poetry or through monologues. They're they're putting themselves and their life experiences and traumatic life experiences, ecstatic life experiences, the life experiences we don't normally want to share, that all go, they all go into red. And that kind of vulnerability and courage, I get something out of every workshop that we do because I get to witness a woman saying yes to that, which a lot of women are taught to say no to, to being that vulnerable. And we use art in red as an alchemizer to work through um, being afraid of the stage, being afraid of using your voice, being afraid of talking about the stuff that no one wants to talk about, depression, uh, sexual assault, uh, not feeling good enough, not having the right body type, not feeling beautiful enough. So all of that goes into their performances and it's incredibly, incredibly fulfilling to watch that. There's this thing that happens called finding your voice. It's hard to pin down. What does that mean to you? What is finding your voice? It is hard to pin down. I think it's something that trickles into every area of our life. And my hope is that red helps with that. And what I mean by that is, again, we as women, we're taught to be people pleasers. There's a lot of women that show up and say, I don't really say what I want to say at work. I don't really ask for the raise because I'm a good girl. I don't really say what I want to say in my art. I want to talk about abortion in my poetry and what that means to me, but I'm afraid of the rejection. So part of what I believe finding your voice is, is first of all, connecting to what actually wants to come out of you, out of your spirit, out of your body. There are so many stories that live in our bodies. And it's like finding out what are the things, what are the things that you want to say and having a space to say them. And of course we use art, but again, if you can find that courage in a place like red, it's much easier to go out in the world and as a poet, be able to make the right kind of poems you want to write. Or I have women that are not necessarily professional artists, but come into red and they say, oh my gosh, people outside of this circle are seeing the changes in me. They're seeing how I'm speaking up more and I'm asking for what I want. And my boss, I told my boss, I couldn't make that date that I usually go to because I'm going to read that day and I'm speaking up for what I want. So it's interesting because it, like I said, I feel like it trickles into many different areas, but I think the the most important part is first of all, having that time and space to actually connect to what, what, again, what is it that you want to say to the world? And if you're an artist or a messenger or a speaker or a healer, that's really important for you to find out what your message is. When you give that safe space, what I hear you saying is there's this expansion that happens on stage, off stage, in life, in fiction, in truth. Something's happening when there's that safe space and women can share 
where something bigger happens than just what's going on in that room in their life. Exactly. For me, it's like an initiation or almost like a rite of passage, because I know in our, in our modern culture, we don't have a lot of rite of passages uh, or initiation type of ceremonies. And the theater and the stage becomes this really magical place where it's almost like anything does go. That's what you expect when you see a performer. And for the person performing, it is like an initiation where it's like, oh, I stepped through that threshold. I said that thing. I did that thing. I was that loud. I was that vocal. I was that vulnerable. And something happens in our bodies. I don't know how to explain it in ourselves where I I feel like it is a rite of passage for many. I think when you share your story, it becomes, Brene Brown talks about this work, this, this kind of thing that happens where you begin to own the story. It doesn't own you. Women, when they express themselves creatively or really express themselves in the world, are often working under this different set of assumptions than men are. You already mentioned the good girl persona. Women have to deal with the male gaze, their reality, their body as it is perceived by men. Women have to deal with being silenced for centuries, the dominance of the patriarchy in art, in government, society. There's so much there, right? How does this framework affect the process of creating performance pieces or or plays or other kinds of art? Is it a wall? Is it something to break through? Is it something to go around? Could you ever ignore it? No. (laughs) Mm, Yeah, I figure not. And and I say that, you know, as a white woman of privilege. So there's all these different layers to that that question, right? There's, um, can you, I can't, you can't ignore it. Uh, What you can do, what is exciting to me is that we are able to create our own lanes now much more as, as artists, as speakers, as, um, storytellers, because we have this thing called the internet now. And so for me, I grew up in the industry of Hollywood, where it was all about pleasing the man. I mean, from Hollywood agents to managers, to producers, to acting teachers, where I was actually assaulted by an acting teacher uh, in a rehearsal. So for me, it was definitely a wall and it felt gross by the end. And I had molded myself so much to fit what I thought that industry, what I thought the men in that industry had wanted, that I really didn't know what my own voice was as an artist or what I wanted to say. But now, if you're talking about breaking through the wall or going around the wall, I kind of think it's all of it, right? Because there is a way now where we, again, get to write our own pieces and use the internet and can, we can use video. We can produce our own work in small theaters. There's so many things that we can do as artists that allow us to take back our power and create works of art that aren't for the industry to accept us. What about acceptance, feedback, the loop of performing for an audience? How does that change what you're doing? Me personally, my archetype is very much about communion and connection. And I love the feedback of an audience. I love hearing the audience. I love that every show is different. I could do three nights in a row, the same show. It'll be different depending on the energy of the audience. And that's why I do it. I do this work not so I can hide in the forest and write till my soul's content, although that's a very valuable and valid thing to do if that's what you want. 
But for me, it's really important to impact, to affect, to to connect, to commune, to share. And I feel like we're starving for that. Our culture is starving for story, for vulnerability, for truth-telling, for personal story. Everything's gotten so polished and story creates meaning and we have a lack of meaning right now in the world. So that's what, yeah, that's why I do this. The feedback of the audience is super high on the list of of my why. Well, Christina, it's been a pleasure talking with you on this call. Thank you so much for having me. Hey, thanks so much for joining me on this call. I'll see you next week and feel free to share this around with your friends.